This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, appreciate you tuning in tonight. The Blues rolling against the Capitals tonight. It's 4-0 late in the second period. Kairou has his 31st. Sammy Blaze with a couple of goals. He's up to six on the season. Late second period, Maple Leafs leading Carolina 4-2. Zach Aston Reese has scored twice. He now has seven on the season. And late in the second period, Philly up 4-0 on Buffalo. Owen Tippett, two goals. He's up to 20 on the year. Starting in about an hour, it's the Blue Jackets and the Ducks. As I was telling you earlier, we had Tyler Prezuzo on the show from the U of A Golden Bears. Three goals and two assists in the University Cup quarterfinal earlier today in Charlottetown as the Bears hammered Windsor 7-0. The quarterfinal that is currently on the ice, a couple of minutes left. UPEI leading the number one Calgary Dinos 4-1. The Dinos desperate here. They have pulled their goalie. They have called the timeout, but it looks like the number one seed is going to be out, and the Bears will play the hosts tomorrow at 4 p.m. Mountain in a semifinal. Pretty uh, big turn of events there. Oilers and Kraken tomorrow. It's on 6.30, Chet. 12.30 for the face-off show. The game will start at 7. Now, I'm going to have to uh, just ask my next guest to wait on hold for about another 40 seconds because I, I, I went on the, uh, the amazing human resource called YouTube, and uh, we got this little bit of Everett Fitzhugh audio. As now Adam Vey and Hauser, they're going to go at center. Hauser takes off the gloves. Vey steps in with him. Hauser backs out of the red line, north of that Cyclone logo. They grab each other, and then Hauser just stumbles down. Looks like Hauser just lost an edge in that fight. Okay, so we're going to bring Everett Fritzhugh out of the show. He's the play-by-play -play voice for the Kraken. Hi, Everett. <laughs> What's up, man? How are we doing? <laughs> okay. I, well, I'm doing great. Now, what what is that? You got what what is that? What's the the whole circumstance there? All right, so this was back when I was in the ECHL with Cincinnati, uh, and Michael Hauser, uh, one of our goalies, Adam Vey for the Quad City Mallards, and they fought uh, at center ice. Uh, it's relevant because Oiler prospect Ryan Fancy fought for the Fort Wayne Comets a couple nights ago. And uh, so Hauser, that fight was all over, all over the sports world, Barstool and Chicklets, you name it. This was probably, I want to say, maybe 17, 17, 18, something like that. Um, and Hauser got one punched, and, and they just rocked him. And I can say that because me and Hauser are actually pretty tight. Uh, so he, he, he'll, he'll agree with everything I'm about to say. So the angle, the view of the press box, I couldn't see the punch that they threw because it wasn't a haymaker. It was just a little jab that he caught him with. So Bay's back is to me right at the red line. And then all of a sudden, I just see Hauser fall down. The, the, the Cyclone goalie fall down. So I'm like, oh, they, they step in, they grab, and then, and then Hauser, he fell to the ground. Well, then you watch the, the replay of the fight and you see the alternative angle of that fight and, and they caught him with an unsuspecting punch right to the jaw, knocked him out one punch cold. 
and uh, my 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 ugly mug was all over bar stool and chiclets for a couple of days. Oh, this broadcaster doesn't know what he's talking about. What do you mean he got one punch? Yada yada yada. I didn't see it, and then to make matters worse, the uh, I saw uh, Michael Hauser a couple of days later, and, and I said, "Hey, man." Uh, you good? Everything all right? And then he tells me that Adam Vay apparently was an MMA fighter. I think he was from somewhere uh, in Eastern Eastern Europe, Bulgaria, something like that. He's a pro Bellator MMA fighter. He actually tried to get a, um, a stipulation in his contract that would allow him to fight on the side. I guess he was a nationally ranked pro fighter from where he came from couple of NHL teams took a look at him, but they wouldn't sign him because he wanted to be able to participate in MMA fights on the side. Obviously, I'm sure a lot of NHL teams wouldn't want you to do that. So um, then I looked at him and I said, so you probably should have read the game notes there, huh? And he goes, yeah, probably should have read the game notes there. And and that was it. So that that's, that's the story of my one lone goalie fight in my broadcasting career. Well, I- I mean, look, I, I totally feel for you because you. I mean, sometimes you don't. You're right. You don't always see everything, right? But you got to call yeah. it or, or react to it as quickly as you can. I thought I thought it was sounded great, and then yeah, you 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 called what you thought you saw at the time. It, it was a like, it was a very quick fight, and obviously, yeah. you know, we texted this afternoon. I said, hey, can you? We got to use a story you could tell. So I I wasn't sure. If you were sending me like a quick fight or some crazy yeah. like forty-five seconds. Oh no, second it was extended. quick. But that was my, <laughs> that was my, that was my story. That was my five minutes of fame story. And again, I'm in the ECHL. I'm in Double A hockey, right? So there are no replay monitors. I don't have a color guide next to me. You know, I, I don't have all these different angles. I, I have what I saw. And again, like I said, the, the the Quad City goalie, his back was to me, and and then it wasn't until after the game when I walked into my coach's office and he goes, "Buddy, what the heck were you watching?" <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, uh, if if, if, I, if we if I started listing all the things I've gotten wrong live, then we'd be here a long time. So don't don't worry oh, yeah. about that. But thanks for sharing the story, and I, and I know you're. Uh, uh, you're, you're you're a humble guy, so you 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 brought up one where you're not the hero of the story necessarily. Oh now, yeah. Now, the, 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 now we should clarify. A lot of people still call it the East Coast Hockey League. It's not that yeah. anymore, right? It's just the ECHL, but it has yeah. that reputation. Like, were there some wild? I mean, clearly fighting is. I mean, quite frankly, I think it's in the pro- slow process of being phased out of hockey. Yeah. But did, did you ever have, like, line brawls, people come off the bench? What's the biggest thing that happened? Oh, yeah. I mean, the ECHL, and, and listen, I'm going to give, and I'm still very close with a lot of folks in different teams, a lot of folks in, in, in the front office, in the league office in the U.S., in the ECHL, rather. You know, they, they have really done a, a good job over these last I want to say seven to ten years of turning the ECHL into a legitimate, bona fide 
the NHL prospect league. I mean, the ECHL had this reputation of you would go to a bar uh, and a hockey game would break out. You go to a fight and a hockey game would break out. That was what the ECHL was 20, 25 years ago. Um, I want to say the, 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 the league is closing in on 800 ECHL alums who have made it to the NHL and I'm willing to bet that at least half of them have been within the last 10 to 12 years. So this league is slowly becoming, you know, more of that legitimate uh, affiliated league. But, I mean, listen, you're still going into Fort Wayne, Indiana, Wheeling, West Virginia. You're going into some of these smaller blue-collar towns. And, and hey, listen, you know, it's like junior hockey in the Western League, right? You go to some of these Western League towns, and, you know, a lot of a lot of great battles, great fights, great moments. So, um, you know, I've seen quite a bit. I think that's probably up there in terms of of games that I've called. Uh, But I I, I have seen a game that featured 160 penalty minutes. Um, That was was fun. Um, Oh, Lord, let's see. I've seen guys go after fans, Secondhand, obviously, you know, through other other guys that I know. So I, I've seen a bit, but that league, I will say, is is, is shedding that old school moniker of of slap shot type of hockey. Everett Fitz, you joining us at Inside Sports, play by play force for the Seattle Kraken. Uh, love the stories. Thanks for indulging me. We'll uh, shift focus <laughs> to uh, tomorrow's game. Man, oh man, I. I you, you did a hit with me, I think, mid-November when Seattle got off to that yep. great spar- uh, start. You are on once or twice on the face-off show when these teams played December, January. And I yep. really thought in January, Everett, maybe the Kraken were going to drop off. Maybe it was they were starting to sh- crack a little bit. No, they bounced right back. Um, you know, the percentages to make the playoffs are well into the 90s now, given their position. How, what's the key to them sustaining this, you know, through 68 games? Yeah, you know, there, there have been a lot of different factors, and, and I've brought this up, you know, on various shows and with various people. I think the big thing for this team this year has been the commitment to to, to playing the right way, and, and I understand that that is a very cliche thing to say, but if you watch this Kraken team, when Seattle has success, they forecheck hard, they set the pace. This is one of the faster teams um, that you've, you've seen in the NHL. This Kraken roster doesn't have the Ovechkins, the McDavid's, the, the, you know, you don't have that high, high, high-end skill, but what you do have is 12 players with at least 12 goals. You've got, um, I, I want to say now this team's up to 16 games this season where 10 or more players have recorded points. So there is, the offense is spread around, and when this team is successful, they're rolling off four lines. You're not seeing those top six players, those top four D getting the bulk of the minutes. Um, at one point, your fourth line, Ryan Donato, Morgan Geeky, Daniel Sprong, they were three of the top four players in the NHL in terms of offense for players averaging 12 or fewer minutes a game. Daniel Sprong is a 30-point player and he's averaging about 11 and a half minutes of ice time per game. That is what the secret has been for Seattle this year. 
year is that full commitment from up and down the lineup. You know, you don't really have a number one line. You have a number one line uh, on, on most nights. It's going to be Jared McCann, Matty Beneers, um, and George Everly. But as of late, the last 20 games or so, Ellie Tolvanen, Yanni Gord, Oliver Bjorkstrand, they have been that the third line for this Kraken team. They have been leading a lot of the offensive charge. They've been setting the pace. So I think it's that full team buy-in. It's that full team commitment uh, to, to wanting to, to play the right way. There, there is no egos in the room, and I think that went a long way you know, to the decisions that were made in, uh, in the trade deadline this year. Ron Francis was happy with the group and said, listen, you were the guys that got us this far. Let's see what you can do the rest of the way. Uh, before I let you go, the how how is the fan base embrace? I mean, look, when you get an expansion team, I mean, Vegas is the one end of the scale. Yeah. I mean, Columbus has what won one or two series since they came into the league almost 20 years ago. Seattle is yep. likely going to go to the playoffs here in the second season. How is the fan, uh, fan base embracing this and, they're, and that they're not going to have to be maybe a bottom team for six, seven years, you know? Yeah, this has been a fan base that's been supportive since day one. And and you've got Western Hockey League teams here with Seattle and Everett um, on either side of, of the city proper. But for for this this area, they haven't had NHL hockey yet. And for them, they have shown up since day one. The arena sold out on a nightly basis. And now this year, in year two, you're seeing fans who last year may have gone to a Kraken game because it was the new thing, it was the sexy thing to do. We finally have hockey. Now those fans are coming to Kraken games because, hey, this Matty Beneers kid's pretty good. He's probably going to win the call there. Hey, this Kraken team has won seven games in a row. Hey, Vince Dunn is on an 11-game point streak. They're now becoming that hardcore, knowledgeable NHL fan, and you're really starting to see that in games. Fans are starting to boo and cheer at the right moment. And, and it's been fun to watch that education in real time of the fan base becoming more rabid, more supportive, but also very knowledgeable of the NHL game. Everett, going to be a fun game tomorrow. I love having you on the show. Thanks for your storytelling. Thanks for your update on the Kraken. And I can say this, maybe. I mean, it, it is a maybe, but it's possible. Maybe I will see you in the playoffs. Huh? Wouldn't that be something? You know what? I'll tell you what right now, as a, as a Detroiter who grew up as a Red Wings fan and having watched playoffs in a traditional hockey market, nothing would make me happier than to be able to say that I got to call playoff games in a Canadian city during the playoffs. I can only imagine how crazy uh, Rogers is going to be. And, and again, it's an outside shot, but I, I, I'm very much looking forward to that possibility. Right on, Everett. Thanks so much, man. Have a good Friday night, and, uh, yeah, have a good call tomorrow, man. Always a pleasure. Take care, Reed. That is the one and only love that guy, Everett Fitzhugh, play-by-play -play voice for the Seattle Kraken, who, as uh, he was telling you, had some uh, memorable calls in the ECHL as well. I can't believe he took heat for that goalie fight. I mean, he thought he thought the guy fell down. He didn't see the one punch. He, but, I mean, he's, he had a good call on it anyway. He's fun. He's a, he's a great guy doing a great job there with uh, the Kraken. Our team's going to be Mooner and Stoffer tomorrow, 12.30 face-off show, game of two here on 6.30, Chet. Okay, uh, 780-496-0063. Uh, we'll try to get 
couple calls here before the 7 o'clock news if you want to chime in. And PEI beats Calgary 4-2. So the Bears play PEI tomorrow at 4 in the University Cup semi. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. Okay, got two callers. You get 74 seconds each. Sir Robert, go ahead. Hey, Reed, how you doing? Good, go. Um, I just have a couple thoughts quickly on, uh, start with the thought on uh, Bouchard. I'm kind of kind of wondering why, why he struggled a little bit this year. I think... Uh, Obviously, he's been better since we've gotten at home, since he's been playing with him. But I'm just kind of wondering uh, uh, what your thoughts were there. And then I guess the second thought quickly is on uh, the Oilers seem to me, even though Hyman hasn't played the last two games, I've noticed the depth has uh, seemed to step up, I guess, more in years past, maybe even maybe even slightly more than last year. And uh, looking forward to the game against Seattle tomorrow. I think Bouchard has been better lately. To be fair, I think his play started to improve a little bit even before Ekholm came up. Um, I think sometimes Bouchard doesn't always choose the lowest risk play, but maybe having a defenseman who uh, recognizes that and is calm in his recovery is helping him out and maybe helping him make better decisions too. Rocket is also on the line. Go ahead, Rocket. Hey, uh, Reed. I had... Uh texted you four questions and then I had a statement. Uh, I'll go with my questions first because I know we're short on time. Do it. Can the Oilers reach 100 points this season? Number two. Un- uh, well, they got to go, they gotta go uh... 13 and 3. Or sorry, 10 and 3. Well, now they're up to 84. So, yes, they can. Can our longest-tenured Oiler, R&H, get 100 points the same game the Oilers get to 100 points? Oh, that'd be fun. That would be a massive feather in his headdress for the Oilers, for for him and the Oilers, for that matter. Sorry, say that again? I said, can can our longest-tenured Oiler, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Get 100 points on the same game the Oilers get to 100 points. Okay, yes, I heard that. Sorry, I thought you said something else. Yes. And can the Oilers win the Western Conference? I looked at the schedule, and I think if we go 10-3, and three, uh, if it all goes well. And number four, I know this is a what-if scenario, but if Kane and Hyman were healthy, could we have 500, 100-point players I think yes. Oilers, are there any other Oilers that had five players with 100 points? And number five, my family's thoughts and prayers are with the fallen officers and the latest violence that's happening in our city. I trust in humanity still. God bless. Love your show. A very excited Rocket. Well said, Rocket. Really appreciate it.